is uh, don't know what the, the personal state of your heart is you know but we must all we must always be conscious of the one that we stand before we must always be conscious of the god that we serve we must always be conscious of the state of our hearts we must always be, we must always consciously invite the holy spirit to um take control over um take control over everything that we do and everything that we everything that we think everything that goes that passes through our lives we must always be conscious we must approach our lives with intentionality and so this morning there's just a there's a there's a would i say a feeling of sobriety you know not to be sober in a bad way but more of like a sober reflection you know just asking yourself why have i come why do i keep coming before the presence of god what is it that I want to see? You know, why am I waking up early this morning, coming before him? Why am I showing up on this course day after day? What is the thing that is pushing me? What is the reason? What is my reason? What is my intention? Why am I here? That is it. Why am I here and what do I want? That's a question that a lot of people find very hard to answer. What do you want? And then they start to realize that they do not know what they want. You know, and if, 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 that's the case for you this is a good time to even just say you know what holy spirit i feel like i this is what i want but i know that you know best for me and so show me what to want show me what to desire show me what to seek holy spirit if my priorities are misplaced holy spirit then help me realign them help me bring order into my life help me bring order into my priorities help me holy spirit to bring order into my into the way I see things of God, order of perspective, cause my life to shift from where it is until I am aligned, fully aligned with you, Holy Spirit. And you know, the alignment is not a one day thing. You don't just align at once. It's like a plane that is about to take off. You know, um, in fact, when it takes off, it takes a while because first it has to ascend. It takes a while and then it moves to the left and moves to the right and moves to the. In fact, they say that the times the it's not turbulence that crashes a plane. And I remember when I heard that, um, the first time I got that information, I was, I received a lot of comfort because prior to then, anytime I got on a plane and there was some kind of turbulence, I would, you know, start having unnecessary heart palpitations. But I realized it's not turbulence that really catch, um, crashes a plane for the most part. It is the, the times that a plane is most, um, um, vulnerable to crashing is when it takes off or when it is about to land. So alignment is not a one day thing. Alignment is not a seven day thing. Alignment is not a one month thing. Alignment is not a one year thing. Alignment is a constant journey. We are constantly checking because we are growing and we are walking and we are journeying. So the more you, you journey, the more you grow, the more you need to take things off and the more you need to add things on, the more you need to find balance, the more you need to navigate, the more you need to discern, you know, um, the more you need to be more conscious, the more you need to depend on the Holy Spirit. So when we speak of alignment, let us not think that it is a walk in the park or it's just something we arrive at. Alignment is not a destination. It is a constant walk. It is a constant work. We are constantly walking with God, constantly walking with his spirit more and more and more and more until a brighter day, more and more and more and more until Christ is fully formed. We are constantly walking through the journey of alignment. And so this morning, what is the state of your heart? What is the state of your heart? And ask the Holy Spirit to help you. 
just pray wherever you are, whether your mic is muted or muted, just say something to God today that means something to you. Say something that means something, whether it is a confession, whether it is thanksgiving, whether it is repentance, whether it is asking for help and receiving grace, you know, to, to, to be aligned in him, whether it is for forgiveness for yourself, because so many times we find it hard to forgive ourselves, whether it is a, a liberation or a deliverance from shame, whether it's for boldness, whether it's for courage to do the will of God. Because most times when we look at courage, you know, we think it is courage to do the things, um, the, you know, courage to show to, the courage is really not, you know, it, most times it's just courage to witness to ourselves. It's courage to forgive ourselves. It's courage to even have a stand in God, you know. Um, it's courage to obey God. It's the courage to even believe him and to have faith in him. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us and he gives us, um, he, he inclines our hearts and he gives us convictions. And so many times we are so afraid to even take his convictions for, 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 for what they are. We are afraid to even admit to ourselves, you know, or realize or recognize that it's the Holy Spirit that is walking in us or speaking to us. Many times it happens, you know, and when um, a situation arises and we see and that, that, that makes us now, um, you know, backtrack and see um, how we have arrived at the place that we're at. And we, are, we, we then realize that, oh, that was the Holy Spirit. So many times he speaks to us, but we are so used to being caught unawares that our, our, our default response is to just, you know, shrug off that still small voice and say, mm, maybe I'm overthinking it. This morning when I even woke up, you know, I was asking God, I said, is there such a thing as overdoing it in righteousness? Is there even such a thing? Because so many times we put things off because we feel like, oh, please, I'm doing the most. Let me calm down. Let me be calming down. Is there such a thing as an extreme in righteousness? Does it even exist? Is there, is there an extreme in trusting and taking the, 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 the voice of the spirit for what he is and who he is? Is it possible? Is it even possible? So how do we, how do we arrive at that point? where we start to measure and quantify and weigh things and say, oh, uh, you know what, maybe it was me talking to myself. I don't know, there was just something. How did we get to that point where we think that, oh, it cannot be me. I'm not qualified to hear God this much. It must be me talking to myself. It cannot be God. It cannot be the voice of the Holy Spirit. How did we arrive at that point where we don't even have the courage to trust him, where we can't even see beyond ourselves I don't know if it's pride. I don't know if it's ignorance. I don't know what it is. But, you know, this morning I said, God, I don't want it anymore. I don't want to be that person that thinks she overdoes things. I don't even want to care. I don't even want to know that there's such a thing as overdoing anything. I don't want it. Because it's when you, when you have that metric in place, when you have that scale in place to be measuring your righteousness or your righteous acts, it's very easy for you to keep missing the point. And it's moments later or days later or seasons later, you get you keep saying, oh, that was God, that was God. Don't we want to get past that point where, where, it, 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 that, where we realize later in the journey that God spoke a word to us? And we say, oh, God, the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. Don't we want to go from that point to a penial where we know that the Lord is coming. This is the time that he comes and I will rest until I enter his rest. Isn't that who we want to be? What is the point of what we're doing if we are not changing? I don't want to be that person that does not change. I don't want to be that person that is so hard hearted. 
that cannot forgive. I don't want to be that person that is so stuck in her ways. I don't want to be that person that is so unrepentant, but can give a good word. Woe is me if that is the story of my life. And so this morning, Father, I don't know about anybody else, but I repent, Lord, of foolishness and ignorance. Lord, I repent, my Father, I repent of all the times that I did not have courage to take your word when you spoke to me. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me, oh God. Father, forgive me. I am sorry, my God. I apologize. Holy Spirit, help me. I can't do it on my own. I cannot do it on my own. And that is why I come to you every day. That is why I lean on you every morning, Holy Spirit. I ask for your help, Holy Spirit. I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. You need to help me, Holy Spirit. Help me depend on you with all of my heart, Holy Spirit. Help me be a woman that is hungry for you. Let it show in every area of my life. Let my love for you not be compartmentalized to phone calls. Let it not be compartmentalized to relationships. But Father, let it be like that river that you spoke about, that you told us about yesterday. Let it flow, oh God, just like in the beginning. Let it burst Force, Lord, let it have different heads. Let it find expressions, oh God, in every area of my life to the glory of your name. This is the person I want to be. I don't want to feel the coldness of my heart anymore. I don't want to be that person, Lord. I don't like it. It's not fun. It is not cool, Lord. And even if it is, I'm not buying it, oh God. I'm not interested in it anymore. Lord, help me. Teach me what it means to have a contrite and a broken heart every day show me how to take up my cross oh god and follow you because it is a constant picking up and it is a constant following and it is a constant journey you know god let me never get tired lord and even when i'm tired refresh me oh god by your word remind me that i have access lord to the word of life remind me that i have access lord to the bread of life remind me that i have access to the blood of jesus lord Father, help me. Help me, oh God. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, my God. I need your help today. I need your help today, oh God. Father, we cry unto you, Lord. We cry unto you, Lord. Father, you will hear the, the cry, Father. Father, come to you through Let's open to Psalm 29. Psalm 29, and that's where we will read from as we pray this morning. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty and majesty of his holiness as the creator and source of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord rakes flames of fire, lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. 
the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the doe labor and give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all are saying glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give unyielding and impenetrable strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Father, we receive your word this morning, Lord. We open our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. We ask, Lord, that our ears will be inclined to your word, Lord. It will cause us to shamar your word. It will cause us to steward your word. We will not just be here as Lord, but we will be active to us because your word releases the grace, Lord, to do that which has been released. And so, Father, we go in this might this morning, O oh God. We receive it, O oh God. We are blessed by it, O oh God. It, it, it takes root in our lives, O oh God. It produces fruits through our lives, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And good morning, everyone. Um, welcome day seven, the final day of prayer reign for this month. Um, I would ask how everybody's feeling, but I know that I won't get a response because you guys would rather stay muted. So I'm feeling thankful. I'll speak for myself. I'm feeling thankful. Um, I'm feeling um, settled. Um, I'm feeling confident in God and I'm feeling um, content, you know, just the just being content, knowing that God is not done with us, you know, and he's never done with us. And every time we think we have gotten to a point in him, he shows up again in a new way, you know to continue what he's doing, but it's so new for us because we've never experienced it before. And um, this is like a sum, you know, summation of how I feel. I feel I'm, I'm very content. I'm thankful to God for his mercies, for his grace. You know, initially when the, when this month's prayer ring started, <laughs> if, if most of you would, would have seen the state of my heart <laughs> before, this prayer ring started, you won't even believe that it is the same person that is speaking to you now because I was in a place where I was asking so many questions and it seemed so dark, you know, not the darkness of, um, of sin as we know it, but it was just the darkness of uncertainty, of the inability to navigate. I, I couldn't, I, I, I wasn't sure what to do and I was stuck in a place and I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't know how to turn on the lights, you know, but God in his mercy found me. It's not that I received an aha moment or anything. It was God that found me, you know, and he delivered me and he rescued me. And um, this is even a testimony. This is the one prayer in that the Lord said, you know what, let us, let us, let us, let us just, you know, when I say bunker down, and it wasn't really so much about bringing so many people on the platform because it's what we have done for for a while you know and as much as that is fantastic i just felt like there was something god wanted to do um to bring some kind of consistency and momentum there is something about sticking to one thing so whether it is one person that you're talking to or one person that is speaking over you or one person that you're sharing, do you understand what I mean? There was just something about the, the government of consistency that God was introducing me to. And I believe that by reason of this service, he has introduced some of us into 
there is something about consistency that brings some kind of government, you know, and um, before I even say too much, you know, God, God has just been faithful and I'm very thankful. So this morning we're going to be wrapping up what we started and it's a communion service. So we're going to be um, um, sharing, partaking of the communion table. So if you don't have your elements, I have put it up on the group this morning, just get bread or even water, just something solid and liquid. It really does not matter what the physical substance is. It's just a representation, you know, and it is an act of faith. Um, so um, just get it ready and have it on the side while we share. Um, our anchor scripture, as we know, is in First Kings chapter 18. And we will be looking at the concluding part of that scripture today. Verse 38. Okay, so we'll start from, so we've gone through, you know, the other elements that were mentioned or the other factors that were mentioned in the offering of the sacrifice. Um, what we've looked at in this season of prayer ring is the altar, you know, the altar that attracts the fire of God. What should the altar look like? Is it just about the bull that is slain and put on the altar? Is there a particular um, way that it should be slain? Is there a way that it should be presented? What are the activities that should precede um, the slaying of the bull and the placing of, you know, um, sacrificing of the animal or the, or, or the, or the sacrifice really, the sacrificing of it? What, what, what are the things that need to precede it? What are the things that need to be put in order? How is the altar built? What are the foundations of the altar? What are the things that support the altar? What are the things that must be present? These are some of the things by the grace of God we receive revelation about um, through this scripture. So today we're just going to continue um, from verse from verse 36. So um, 35 was um, the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. And we looked at water yesterday, waters of the deep, the water of the spirit. And so from verse 36, it says, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known to thee that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. Let me read from another version. Let me see. Um, let me see a King James version. There's something I want us to see. So Yes, yeah, so from verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, 
and the wood and the stones and the dust and lift up the water that was in the trench. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The first thing here is the, uh, the mention of the timing when the sacrifice was lifted up. The Bible says that it was at the time of the evening sacrifice. It was at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And if you look through scriptures, that time um, is, is seen to be, at, I think it's called the, the ninth hour. And it is seen, um, we understand that it is at around 3 p.m. Um, it's at around 3 p.m. Um, between, you know, noon and evening, just at that time. It was also at that same time that Jesus Christ was on the cross and he hung on the cross and he gave up, um, he gave up his life. And that was when he said, he, you know, um, he said it is finished and the veil was torn in the temple, you know. So it's a very significant time. Um, it, is a, it is a watch time, you know, um, and this watch is known as the hour of prayer. It is between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. So as we may or may not know, there are different watches of the day. There's, um, there are different um, prayer, there are different gates in a day. There's the three, there's 12 to three, three to six, six to nine, and nine to 12, twice. So in the, the a.m. and the p.m., right? So um, this particular watch time or this particular hour or this particular um, season of the day is what is known as the hour of prayer. It is the time when the veil was ripped. And we see that in Matthew 20, 27, verse 45 to 46. We also see it in Luke 23, verse 44 to 46. It is the ninth hour of the day. It is the time um, um, of visitation, of angelic visitation also. And we see that in Acts chapter 10, verse 3, where Cornelius had a vision and where an angel of the Lord visited him and told him, you know, that... Um, Peter was going to, you know, and gave him the vision about Peter and all of that. And the next day, Peter at about 12 noon received his own vision because the Bible says it was at about the sixth hour of the day that he received the vision where he went upstairs and, you know, he was hungry. He was waiting for the food to be ready and he went into a, a, a trance or a vision. And that was when, you know, the Lord laid out, um, he saw um, like a cloth coming from heaven with, um, with food, you know, and uh, of, of slain animals. And he said that he would never eat anything unclean. And the, and the word, and the Lord corrected him and said, uh, you know, don't call anything unclean. Anything that I have made clean, don't call it unclean. So um, it is a time for revelation. It is a time for angelic visitation. Um, it is a time where things are exchanged. It's a very significant time. So you see the timing where Elijah, you know, um, aligned himself. If you look at what the prophets of Baal did, they were going helter skelter, you know, they didn't even follow any particular order. They just took the bull, they slayed it, and they kept crying from morning till night, not understanding times and seasons. As a holy priesthood, as people of God, and as mature sons of God, we cannot afford to joke with understanding times and seasons, because it is not just understanding it. What it means to understand times and seasons is, you know the gravity or the weightiness of the time that you find yourself in, and you know what to do. And that's why the sons of Issachar stood out. They did not just understand, meaning they did not just know, or they couldn't, it's not that they just interpreted. They, inter they were able to interpret, 
and they were able to um, do the needful to position themselves in the times and the seasons. And that was why the Bible talked about them. So this time on this, this time of prayer is a time for access. It is a time for power. It is a time for covenants. You know, it's a time for lifting up sacrifices. It's a time for triumphant glory. And it's a time for removing limiting factors. And we see Jesus Christ modeled or um, um, give us that template when he said it is finished and that veil was ripped. The ripping of the veil represents so many things, but one of the things that is very evident literally is that it is, it is removing the divide of limitation. It is taking away that shield that limits people, it's taking away that boundary. So it is a very strategic time where people are able to birth or come into something that they haven't been able to touch before. You know, they are able to receive access. They are able to um, receive help. They are strengthened at that time. So you even want to look at, you know, do an audit of your day and look at how you spend your day. Between three o'clock and six o'clock, what are you really doing? The way the world now works, that's around the time where people are getting ready to close and shut down. So people's minds are already in shutdown mode. Please, from today, let us ask the Holy Spirit to help us to become spiritually sensitive. It is not a time for us to shut down our spiritual readers. This, this um, script that the world is selling to us, <laughs> we cannot take it for yea and amen and think that, oh, this is a time that, no, 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 no. We cannot afford to. Now that we know, we need to align and position ourselves. So what do you do in that time? Ask the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. I'm sure there's something he will lay on your heart because the Bible says that it is the hour of prayer. It is in, I believe it's the scripture in um, Acts chapter three, verse one. Let's quickly open it if we have our Bibles with us. Acts three, verse one. The Bible says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So the Bible literally calls it the hour of prayer. And in brackets, in my own version of that, because this is the Amplified, it says 3 p.m. So the Bible says that it is the hour of prayer. That is a time where we should be strategically praying, not shutting down. You know, so... Um, um, it is a time to connect with heaven. It is a time to receive. It is a time to tap into something. It's not a time to be, get. you know, I, 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 it's so funny because around that time, that's when people are just, you know, there's some kind of agitation. You don't want your boss to keep you in the office for too long. It's like, let me just quick. So like your mind is just so preoccupied in what you're doing. You're just trying to finish up. That is a time to be, you know, to be still in your spirit and to be quiet, to hear from God and to pray and to go by the leading of God. This morning, I'd like us to lift up our voices and pray and say, Father, let me not miss the hour of my visitation, oh God. Let me not be ignorant by the dictates of this world, Lord. Father, as your word constantly gives me revelation, Lord, show me how to act on it. Give me an understanding, oh God, of times and seasons, oh God. Let me not miss out on the things that are required of me, of my office as a priest, oh God. Father, because your word says, Lord, that as the church, we are a house of prayer. It is our primary responsibility to pray. My Lord and my God, I ask, Lord, that we will not falter in our responsibilities, in our spiritual responsibilities, in the things that strengthen our priesthood, O 
oh God, in the things that give us validation, oh God, we will not be found wanting, we will not be found absent, we will not be found missing in the hour of prayer, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, and the manner and the form and the timing, oh God, in which you want us to pray, Father, between that gate, in that um, within that gate, oh God, Father, we ask that by your spirit, you will make it clear to us from today, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. amen. Um, it is also a time to change and to shape history. And so, you know, while I was writing down my notes this morning, I just heard in my spirit, I heard the Lord saying, let the watchmen arise. This is a time where watchmen need to arise. Not, what, not <laughs> watchmen that do not need to be reminded of their responsibility to watch and to pray. Because if you are not watching, what are you praying about? So if we're talking about the hour of prayer, it starts with a watching. Are you watching? Are you vigilant? The Bible says be sober and vigilant because hey, there is an enemy and he's at the gates. He's constantly at the gates looking for a way to come in. He is constantly at the gates. I remember this movie that I, um, I'm sure a lot of us have seen. It's Troy, you know, and um, the story of Troy was very interesting because just at the time that um, they thought they had defeated, um, what was the other nation that was fighting against? I can't even remember. Um, I can't remember the other nation, but basically, um, they thought they had defeated. And I remember the king was even saying one time, you know, um, that they can never break through the walls of Troy because they prided, they prided themselves in the fact that their walls were high and they were strong. And it was a known fact that any, nobody can break through the walls of Troy. So what did the enemy do when they were not watching? At the time of their seeming victory, at the time where they thought they had conquered, the enemy then masqueraded him so you know that's the trick of the enemy he 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 masquerades himself as an angel of light so the enemy now in this movie um masqueraded himself or rather um pretended took a form of a gift and presented it to presented it to the king and i remember his son um which of the sons was it now um was it Paris? I can't remember because I think Hector was already dead. But the, one of the sons said, we cannot, we cannot collect this gift from this king. You know, and the king said, oh, that's rubbish. That it is just, it is just you know, um, we need to show them that yes, they must give us gifts. Their gods must bow to our gods. You know, so it was pride that was talking while the other son was discerning that this thing, I don't trust it. But, you know, the king was not listening. And then they took this gift you won't believe. In fact, by the time they found out what was happening, they had fully entered. They took all of their boats, you know, and they used it to make this high stature that looked like a, was it like a, it was one of these beasts, either a horse or something, you know, and then they said, oh, it was their gifts. It was their way of, you know, retreating and it was their way of trying to make peace. And by the time they opened the gates, you should have seen all the citizens of Troy. They were screaming and shouting and, you know, thanking their gods that, oh, these people have finally surrendered to us. And they just put them inside all the soldiers from the opposing kingdom were inside that, inside that um, structure that they had created. They just stayed there, they were quiet and they waited. So they had first penetrated, but they did not even attack at day. They now waited until it was nighttime when everybody was sleeping. 
a little slip, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms. Then the enemy came and attacked them and burnt down Troy. Their kings and their nobles and all of them were running helter-skelter. And it was only a few of them that survived, you know, because it's not everybody that the, the majority of that kingdom fell. You know, because it was maybe just Paris and um, Hector's wife and, you know, the royals and all of those on Brosses and the rest of them royalty. They're the ones that were able to make an escape. But the other people died. And that was that was it. That was the story. You know, um, so we must always be watchful with everything. You see, at the point of your greatest victory. That's when you must be, you, that's when you, 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 you are very vulnerable because your guards are down and you feel like, ah, okay, I've tried. Let me just go and rest. And it's like, before you know it, boom, boom, boom. It's not to say that you shouldn't rest or that you should panic from resting, but let your rest be in God because God is really the watchman of our lives. And the Bible says, except the Lord watches, you know, <laughs> everything else that we are doing is in vain. So we must always be in God so that we can see things through him. We can be at rest, but still be at war. You know, we can be at rest, but still be vigilant. We should not get to a point where we total, totally lose a sense of our office, a sense of our calling, where we are not even, you know, we become so lax and lackadaisic. And I realized, you know how sometimes maybe you want to go on a fast or you want to start something new and you tell yourself, oh, these are my last few days of doing X, Y, Z. Okay, a common thing that I hear is maybe people that want to go to a gym, sign up at a gym, and they say, oh, these are my last few days. Um, before the I'm starting, I'm, I'm going to start going to the gym on Monday. So on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, let me just go and enjoy myself because on Monday it starts. It's a lie. Well, for me, all the times that I tried to do it in the past, it never worked out because the more you release yourself to, to a thing, the more you become a slave to it. So if sugar is your weakness and you tell yourself, let me eat up all the sugar I want now, tomorrow I start eating clean. The more you eat sugar, the more you crave it. So when you start eating clean, it becomes hard. I usually tell people when they call for a fast, like a corporate fast, like what we do on prayer and where we take out certain days to fast, don't start fasting on the day that the fast is called. Start preparing your mind two days before, three days before. If you cannot, you know, totally, I don't know, as the Lord ministers to you, but this is what I have found works for me. I just start reducing my diet or reducing my appetite for certain things. That's when I know I shouldn't be watching certain things too much. You know, I shouldn't be engaging in certain conversations too much. I shouldn't be eating. If I was eating three times a day or twice a day, maybe I want to eat maybe once, you know, I'll have two smaller meals because I'm preparing and preparing and preparing myself for what is to come. You don't just arrive at watching from sleeping. You have to constantly groom and groom and groom yourself, learn it, acquaint yourselves. You know, you remember that's one of the things we talked about on this call on one of the first days, acquainting yourself. It starts with an acquaintance. It's from the little, um, the little smoke that you can find something to flame. So things don't just happen, you know, overnight. It has to start with little drops and little steps. So we must watch so that we can pray. It is a time for watching. And it's a season in our world where we must watch and we must pray. 
Because if we look at what is happening all around us, a lot of people are walking around confused. Why? Because they are blind, because they cannot see, because the watchmen, maybe they've gone on strike. But I believe that the Lord is raising a people. He's raising a people within us. He's raising a remnant that will be able to stand at the gates and watch. We'll be able to watch so that we can speak and say what the Lord is showing to us. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk that I will stand on my watch so that I can see what he says. Every time the word of God is released, there is a picture that is released to us. We would see what the Lord says. He doesn't just speak words. He releases pictures. He releases images. He releases revelations, visions. He speaks in pictures and he speaks in words. So our God is a multidimensional God. So when we are talking about watching, we're not just talking about watching in one way. You will hear you will see, you will feel, you will sense, you will understand. That is what happens when the Lord speaks. We have to be able to hear what he is saying. We have to be able to see what he is saying. I pray that the Lord will cause our eyes to be open. I pray that even this meeting, this particular prayer ring will birth men and women that will take up watches, that will take up the responsibility to be watchmen and watch women for their, over their lives, over their families, over their communities, over their nations, and even over this world in the mighty name of Jesus. We will not be men and women that are given to the pleasures of the flesh and that we forget our office and forget the weightiness, Lord, of what we carry as priests and ministers unto the Lord. Father, we ask and pray that you will even give us fresh grace, Lord, to keep watch in this season, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. So if the Bible says that we are a house of prayer, then we are to be, uh, you know, um, then woe unto us if we miss the time of our visitation. We cannot afford to miss it. It is our responsibility and ignorance cannot justify us. You know, we cannot say, oh, I did not know. At some point, it's your responsibility to know. At some point, ignorance is not cute. It's only cute when you're a child. But when you become an adult and you say you did not know, it's like, are you even serious at all? You know, so I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us a sense of, you know, he will help us to understand times and seasons. And it was a prayer I made this weekend because something had happened. And the whole time when I was trying to review, I was trying to review why the thing happened the way it did and you know what the state of my heart was, I couldn't see a connection because my heart was not in a bad place, you know, but I just didn't. And when the, the, the voice of God came to me, when the, when the correction and the reproof of God came to me, what he said to me was, you were not discerning. And that's when I said, yes, Lord. I wasn't discerning. So it wasn't about whether I had good intentions or not. And the lack of discernment is sin. Because like we said, sin is not, oh, don't see, uh, don't look at this person, don't sleep with that person. No, sin is missing the point. Transgression is when you propose in your heart that you will, you will um, go contrary to the will of God. So that's a different story, but sin in itself, but we find that the Bible uses these words interchangeably, but sin in itself is missing the point. When we miss the point and we miss the point most times because we do not know so why would the bible call it sin because it's our responsibility to know i pray that the lord will give us an understanding in this time like never before in jesus name amen so speaking about gates you know um we're talking about um the gates the gates of time the gates of our lives we see that gates um um gates are gates speak of many things Right. Um, and if we're talking about access and we're talking about entrance, we're talking about, you know, um, accessibility, 
it, it, to be able to access something, it means that there is a gate. Um, a gate is like a point of exit and entry. You know, it is, uh, and if we see through the scriptures in the Bible, gates speak of where, um, I'll just give some examples, where elders sit and pass laws and pass judicial laws. We see that in Proverbs 31 verse 23, talking about the virtuous woman and her husband. You know, the gate is an access point where the enemy tries to invade. And like I gave the example of, of um, the kingdom of Troy in that movie, you know, it is where the word of God is released by the sons of God, because the Bible tells us in, um, I believe it's Psalm 127. Let's open to that scripture. I hope you guys are here with me. Praise God. Can I get a okay. Amen. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. All right. So in Psalm 127, verse 5, the Bible says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies at the gates. So it's talking about children being a gift of God. So let's even look at ourselves as the children of God. You know, look at all the children that God has. And the Bible is telling us happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. You know, um, it says, happy and fortunate is the man whose quiver is filled with them. I'm looking for another version that says something different from quiver. Um, the more you have, the better off you will be because they will protect you when your enemies attack with arguments. The Bible also says in that first version that we read, he shall speak with the enemies at the gate. So the gate is a place where the sons of the king battle against the enemy. Why? Because the enemy is always looking for a gate to pass in through. What are the gates of your life? The number one, number one gate is the gate of your mind. That's the battlefield of life. It's like that's where they are fighting Armageddon every day. It's tugging in the left, left, right, center. Always there are different things that are trying to push, you know, trying to penetrate into your mind. Always trying to penetrate into your mind. Because once the enemy can take a hold of your mind, he has taken, and that's it. It will keep, you know, it will, it will just keep launching, launching and launching until he fully takes over the life of a person. And so I'd like us to pray over our hearts and just say, Holy Spirit, guard my heart. Guard and garrison my heart. Galvanize my heart, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak over my heart, brood over my heart. Let there, be, let there never be room for the enemy to penetrate. I pray over the gateway of my heart and of my mind. Holy Spirit, have your way. The heart, which is the seat of my emotions, which is the seat of my desires and pleasures, let it only, um, let it only thirst after you, Holy Spirit, not after anything, Lord, that cannot satisfy my soul. Let it only thirst after the righteous things that satisfy my soul. Let it only hunger and thirst for Christ. Let it only hunger and thirst for communion and fellowship with your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. It is the place where the word of God is released by the sons of God. It is a place of exchange. It's like you're trying to enter an estate, you know, and most times as an in an estate, to those of us that live in Lagos, we will know, or, you know, other parts, but it's something that's very common in Lagos. If you want to drive into an estate, they will ask you for an access code. And once you give them the access code, they won't even, the least they'll do is, okay, just show us, maybe you check your boot or something, and that's it. Or they'll ask you, what is your name? You know, before you can, 
launch in before you can gain access. So it is a place of exchange. And so we must be conscious and consciously, constantly check our lives to know what exchanges are happening in the gates of our lives. What exchanges are happening in our conversations, in you know, seats where this, um, um, tables of decisions. What are the exchanges that are happening? What are people speaking over our lives, consciously or unconsciously? What are the things that are based on? Do you know there are some meetings you go for? It's like just a boardroom meeting where there are just a few directors, blah, blah, blah. But you have to constantly be pleading the blood of Jesus over your heart because people release words are like seeds and words carry a spirit. And they are constantly like looking for where to go and pitch their tent. So if there is no guard and if there is no hedge around you, before you know it, you will leave a place and you'll be like, uh-uh, why has this song been ringing in my head? Why am I hearing Bona Boy? Why am I hearing Whiskey? All of a sudden, it's like, uh-uh. I even know the lyrics of the song. How? Because I've never ever sat, it's not even on my iTunes playlist. So why do I know this song? And why is it, you know, where did it come from? By the time you do an audit and an audit of an audit of an audit, you will be able to track it and realize, oh, this is where it came from. The most unseeming places. So we must always, always, always stay guarded. At the gates of cities, um, um, at the gates of the cities, there was the forum where trials were held, citizens assembled, some for business, some for leisures. So, you know, like I said, what are the activities that are happening at the gates of your life? You know, um, what do you do in the times when you receive victory? What is your posture towards God when you are victorious? I remember the day, for the first time in my life, I remember the day, um, was not too long ago, a couple of people sent me messages and they were just sharing testimonies, you know, of how God is confirming his word from everything that's happening on prayer reign, you know, and I saw myself about to respond to them and I just dropped my phone and I laid flat on the floor and I put my face down and I just said, Father, all the glory belongs to you. All the glory belongs to you. I surrender it all to you. I'm not even trying to share this glory with you. I'm not even trying to be hypocritical when I respond to people and I say all glory to God. Father, all the glory belongs to you. That, and, you know, I was just doing that and boom, the next thing, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit started telling me, giving me revelation about something I had prayed for for years. I'm just like, wow, God, is this how you work? You know, so it's not to say that the revelation is the reason why we go into a place of worship. But there are so many pleasures in the presence of our God. You know, and if we follow him accurately, if we follow him in an aligned way, in order, our lives cannot but be blessed by his presence because he is God. He's a good God. He's, he's eager to give us gifts. The reason why he doesn't release it sometimes is because we will not understand the importance or the relevance of the thing in the season. And we abuse it. And the whole process will end up bruising us and taking us back into it. You know, and it's just like, you know what? You are not ready. So it's not that he wants to stay his hand from blessing us. But it's like a king that you go before. Every time you just, oh, I just want to, you know, I just want to give you praise. I just want to thank you. Yeah, you you that person that is always giving. The, and that's why you see this attitude of thanksgiving. It is very important. And you are that child that is always giving thanks to the father. It's like at some point, eh, you won't even be asking him for things. You'll just be able to collect things. You know, it's like, just take and go. In fact, there are some people that say, okay, yes, I know that's why you've come. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll say it as if it seems like, uh, uh no, that's not, but they don't even mind. You know, I have, there are ministers like that, that anytime I start, <laughs> let me confess. 
anytime I start sending them messages, they're like, Stephanie, prayer rain is around the corner. But I'm like, uh uh, woman of God, I just want to celebrate you. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate the hand of God upon your life. They're like, yeah, right, Stephanie. Oh, yeah, give me my dates. Da, 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 da. You know, so there's already that once you have a relationship with a person, you know, it's not that you're trying to, but even if they know that that's what you're doing, they don't even mind. I'm not saying that's what I'm doing. Please don't misquote me. But like, you understand the point of what I'm saying. Um, we must always be in that place of worship and thanksgiving before God. So it's a summation of many things, you know, and this is where we're going to end this season of prayer ring. God has said so many things to us. Look at the journey that Elijah went through, the journey before he arrived at the place where Guess what? Elijah has not prayed. He has not opened his mouth to say one thing. All our uncle was doing was setting his life in order. He was just putting the right things in place. Prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. Purging what needs to be purged. Slaying what needs to die. Watching over the things that need to be watched before Elijah arrived at the point where he made a prayer. And look at the prayer of Elijah. What did he say? He said, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. So it wasn't even a prayer of, Lord, please give me. God, deliver us from the selfish, the selfish nature. Deliver us from a selfish heart that is always trying to get things from you, O God. Deliver us from the mindset that you are a genie. Deliver us from the mindset that you are a magician. Whoever sold us that lie, Father, I pray, Lord, that by the hand of your spirit, Lord, you would even just remove it, take it out of our memory, take it away from us. That false orientation, Father, cause a fresh reorientation in our minds, oh God. Reveal, your reveal who you are to us, Lord, like we have never known, like no one has ever told us, Lord. Cause us to know you for who you are. Cause us to see a dimension of you that we have never experienced before. Let us not become transactional people, oh God, that we miss the point of our relationship with you. Father, deliver us from that transactional mindset. In the name of Jesus, amen. And then Elijah raised the prayer. The prayer was for the people. The prayer was not for what he will gain. The prayer was not prove me so that I can deal with them. This um, doctrine of pepper them, God has to deliver us from it. You want to, what are you peppering for what? So that the other man will die? So that the other man will not be able to see? Or so that the other man will know that you are who? You are Jehovah. You are not. So this whole thing of I need to show them, and that is the lie, the, that's the wine that social media is selling to us now. You will see people who take pictures. In fact, there are some pictures that I see. I'm just like, what's the point of this video this person has done? You, you're just recording your face and you're, I'm like, what's the point? I'm not saying, like selfies are cute, but at some point it's becoming obsessive. People are so obsessed with themselves. And then you see people commenting, oh my God, please slay us, Lord, uh, slay us, step on our necks, break our necks. Why should you break my neck? Why should you, why, why should you pepper me for what? I don't even know you. So why should my neck be broken by what you are showing me on for two minutes when I don't see the full picture of your life? You're not the one that should break me. I should be breaking in the place of prayer and worship. I pray that God will, hey, there's so much work that God has to do in us. But we, you know, I thank him because he's even revealing it to us. So the point I'm trying to make is that it's not even unto yourself but it is onto the glorification of God, you know? And how did he, and he said that day, 
that, that thou has turned their hearts back again. God is always looking for a heart that is willing, a soft heart, a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone, a broken and a contrite heart. That is what God is constantly looking for. And that was what Elijah was saying, that you've turned their hearts back to back to you. For your heart to be turned back to God, it means that your heart is broken again. I pray that the Lord will break whatever needs to be broken in our hearts. Lord, if you need to break the whole heart, please break it. If you need to remove the heart, Lord, perform an open heart surgery in us. In fact, do it, Lord. There are so many available hearts in heaven, Lord. Perform a heart surgery, a transplant, Lord, a new heart in us. The psalmist said, create in me a clean heart. Create a new heart. Renew your spirit within me. My heart can be recreated. Create in me a clean heart. If this heart is too damaged, oh God, take it away. Take it away, Lord, and create a new one. You are the God of all gods. You are the King of kings. You are the only wise and creative God. Making a new heart is nothing for you. You can, you can gift each and every one of us on this call a new heart. Father, please create a new heart within us. Renew the right spirit the right spirit, the right mind. Renew our minds this morning, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let our hearts indeed be turned back to you. And in verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the bond sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Then the fire fell. So you see the journey before the fire. So when we hear altar and we hear fire, there's a journey between the altar of fire. That of is what the Holy Spirit has helped us dissect in seven days. Altar of fire. <laughs> that of, that thing in the middle, there's a journey between an altar and the fire of God. So an altar is not an, uh, uh, is not a, it doesn't just, you know, attract fire. There are things that need to be put in place. There is a life that enables the fire to come and the fire to burn. For the fire to come and to be able to burn up water because people see it the other way around. They use water to quench fire, but this fire came and quenched water. It is a consuming fire. Father, we pray that your fire will come and it will consume us and our lives will enable the, the burning of your fire, that your fire will burn so much in us until we become your burning ones, my God. This is our prayer this morning in the name of Jesus. Let us lift up the communion elements before God and let's just pray in the spirit, please. It is 7.01. I know that it is past our time, but let's just take the communion before we go. And I'd like to encourage all of us to unmute our mics and pray together as we take the communion. Shit, <laughs> 
you and literally tore your body apart. Lord, you already presented yourself to us. You did it because you loved us. You did it because you, you were making preparation and preservation for our souls. And so we accept your body, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And we lift up the cup before you. This is the cup of the new and everlasting covenant, as your word says. We thank you, Lord, because this blood is we thank you, Father, because this blood is a covering and a protection for us. We thank you, Father, because this blood washes away every sin and every iniquity. Mm. We thank you, Father, yes. because this blood is a mark for us. It is access for us, oh God. Yes. We thank you, Father, because this blood redeems and restores us. We thank you, Father, mm. because this blood us, the blood of Jesus. And as we yes. lift this cup before you, oh God, we ask, Father, that as we partake of it, Lord, we thank you because of the work that your word has done and prepared us for this cup. We will not be unworthy, oh God. We will not take mm -hmm. it from discerning, oh God. We will not take mm -hmm. it in ignorance, Lord, but with enlightenment, oh God, and with full understanding, we partake of it, oh God, as we drink mm -hmm. of it. Father, we, play, we pray that the blood of Jesus will flow through our bloodstreams, Lord. Mm -hmm. It will take over our lives. It would give mm -hmm. us new life. God. It will cause the newness of mind to be regenerated, oh God, in our lives. It will restore us, it will revive us. It will bring to life everything that is dead or may be dying, oh God. It will complete, Lord, everything Man. that you started and you have done in this time, oh God. And it will seal it, oh God, and protect it and preserve it from the perversion of the enemy. In Amen. Jesus, we declare that the Amen. cup is blessed, oh God, as we drink of the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Father, we just say thank you. Can we just thank God for what he has done? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we, Hallelujah. Can we even just clap for our God and just say, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. for the most amazing seven days we have experienced in a while lord we say thank you for this thank revelation everything you have done thank you god for kicking off the second half of this year in such a a way for us thank you father because we will not forget everything that you have said to us everything that you have taught us oh god in this time we give you praise lord and we thank exalt you. thank you oh god thank we will not father. forget may our lives continue to burn may our lives continue Amen. to sacrifices may our lives Amen. continue on to you oh god for in jesus Amen. precious name we pray amen amen, amen. 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 amen.